the gentleman that prayed the last was Gene Renthorpe. Gene Renthorpe, he, uh, a, a pastor. He is no longer pastoring now, but uh, he's out of Donald Fozard's church. Donald Fozard, I think he's been uh, out of that church for quite a few years, but that's where he started his ministry. And uh, Donald Fozard is Mount Zion over on uh, Federal Street and uh, a well-known ministry here in the Durham for many years. And so Gene uh, pastored the church in Apex. But when Gene started praying, I, 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 I don't know, my antennas went up a little bit and I started, started thinking about what he was saying. And uh, first of all, I, 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 I wondered, is, is Gene, is he on with this one? You know. But he was right on. And uh, he was saying in his prayer, Lord, you, you know, we're asking you to do things that you've already equipped us and, and told us to do. So out of that prayer, and I've been thinking about it ever since he prayed that prayer. Out of that prayer, I just began to dissect it and think about it. And so that, that's where this comes tonight. As you know, most, most Wednesday nights, we have uh, uh, speakers. In fact, we have them lined up, I think, from now out for a few weeks. And uh, you're going to enjoy them. So we encourage you to come and see what the Lord is doing outside of these four walls. Uh, yes. Well, Michael has been coming for many years. Uh, he and his wife have a business, they, and she runs it most of the time. And uh, you would have thought, he goes to Greystone, and very, very active in, in the church at Greystone. And uh, he prayed just a Pentecostal prayer, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit, and right the whole nine yards. And uh, to be honest with you, I've never heard him pray that that much into Pentecost, but uh, he was right on. He, he was just right on. Yes. We, we have some nice, uh, listen, some nice young people that give out these copies. If you do not have a copy, please raise your hand. Now, you'll notice something on there that, uh, that I seldom ever do, and that's two pieces of paper. Two pieces of paper. And I'm going to tell you why I gave you two pieces of paper. Uh, this is the way I prepare my summer, sermons. I spend hours and hours and days. Now, I've been spending days on this message, not just because Gene prayed the prayer. He just ignited what was in my spirit. So I've been working on it for days, and today I worked on it for hours, and uh, I've got at least a couple more days on it, and quite a few more hours on it, but I gave it to you because I want you to know how I do my sermons sometimes. Now, what I do is I will condense this down to one page, and uh, I, I get my scripture, and I begin to read the scripture, and then I begin to break it down, then I begin to uh, call out the things that I won't call out, and and so you, you get a little glimpse tonight of what I do. If you'll notice the manifestation of the Spirit of God, 
uh, laying dead hands on dead heads. You see that? See that little print? That's what I do. You don't see that most of the time. I hide that. So, so when I give out the one page, you won't see that. And it sounds like, I, boy, he really knows what he's doing. All I'm doing is reading my little print, and, uh, which is smart, really, you know, to be able to do that. But uh, I thought about that, laying dead hands on dead heads. Now, when I make that statement, what do you think about? Think about that. Don't, don't give me an answer just yet, but what do you think about? So what I did, I, you know, I, I usually have an introduction, and uh, I'm, a per, I'm a person of habit, and I usually will have the outline about the same way all the time. I like it like that, and I don't deviate, it, deviate much from it. So if you'll notice, I have the, the outline here, I mean the introduction here, and uh, let me read that, and then we'll go. And I want you to feel free to look at it and, and ask questions, make comments. Because this is really on my heart. It's, it really is. And I, I, I have I've read so much behind people that they do not believe that the manifestation of the Spirit of God is for us today. Now, you and I, we know better. But it is amazing how much of that is taught. How much of that is taught. And we were talking about that today and how that the, the people that probably come to our church, many of them, well, there are people that come from other churches, trans, they, they, they transfer, but... A lot of people that come into churches now knew, they, don't, they know a little, very little about that. But there are people that teach that. If I ask you the question tonight, why in America? Now, this is happening in the third world. Uh, people are being healed. The power of God has been manifested. Uh, people are being delivered from demonic activity. Literally, literally, people are being raised from the dead. But you don't hear about that much today here in America and in the Western world. So if I would ask you today, which we all, I'm assuming, believe in the manifestation of the Spirit of God. We believe in what happened to to the early church will happen today. If I ask you today, why isn't it happening? I'm assuming we get several answers today. I'd have my answer, you have your answer, and, and uh, so what I want to see is, is, is this outpouring, is the manifestation of the Spirit of God. So that's, that's where I'm coming from with this. Have you, look at the introduction, have we come to the place where we don't expect God to miraculously intervene in the history of the church? Have we come to expect that God will not save people in unusual ways, such as dreams and visions? When in fact, many Muslims, and you've heard me talk about this over and over again. In fact, if you want to, just Google that, and you'll find out, especially Pat Robertson, CBN. They, they have that in there quite a bit. Uh, many Muslims are saved this way today. Have we come to expect God only to heal through Doctors and hospitals, and not miraculously. 
When we read the book of Acts, we should ask why we don't experience God's presence and power as those early saints did. We should believe that he is able and willing to intervene in human history in a miraculous way. And we should pray that God would accomplish his will and his work in whatever way he chooses. I don't think there'd be anybody here that would disagree with me on that or disagree with this statement. I I do believe that. Now, what I want to do is read some very familiar scripture and you'll find it on the second page at the bottom of the page. I think it's there. If I'm I'm wrong, I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Uh, Y'all need a handout? They, they need a handout over there. Uh, so uh, we'll, we'll make sure. I want everybody to have a hand. Listen, there's nothing like reading it. You can hear it, but there's nothing like reading it. Now, now read along with me. Starting with verse 7 of chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians. It says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is what? Given. To each one. Now we call these gifts. And so Paul is writing to the church at Corinth. And he's saying that the manifestation is the showing of the gifts. It's given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to faith, the same Spirit, healings by the same Spirit, uh, uh, working of miracles, and to another prophecy, to another the discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually. As he wishes. So he's saying he gives us. So every spirit believer has a gift (coughs) (coughs) or gifts. One says, Well, I don't feel like I have a gift. You have a gift. You are gifted. And he don't give it to you today and take it back tomorrow. He don't play with us. He don't dangle it out in front of us. And so one of the reasons, I think, that there is the lack of the manifestation of God is is just what Gene prayed yesterday. We're asking God, God, you do this, and God is telling us, you do it. Look at Look at Matthew 10 and 1. It's on the first page. Look at it. Matthew 10 and 1. I'm sorry for my throat. And when he had called his 12 disciples to him, he gave what? Them. Power. Now God is not, God is not dangling that out in front of us. God is not giving that to us and taking it back. 
He's not saying, oh, you have this power temporarily. He's saying here, gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and all kinds of diseases. Who's got the power? We do. We do. Look at Mark 3. Now you, uh, you might say, well, Pastor, that's the 12. All right, let's look and see what he did with the 70. Look at Mark 3, 14 and 15. Well, I just have the one verse. He's talking to, about the 70, giving them, and to have power to heal sicknesses and cast out demons. That's the 70, not just the 12. And for anyone that will come along and try to convince the church today or convince uh, our people today or convince you and I today that it's just given to the apostles, just given to certain people, the pastor, the elders, it's not true. In fact, if you look at, uh, let's, let's go on down and read Luke. Behold, I give you the authority. What did he say he's going to do? Give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all, this is the 70, I'm sorry, over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now back up and punt. That's 10, 19 of Luke. That's, he says, I give you the 70 power, okay? Then Luke 24, 49, behold, I send the promise of my father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with Dunamis, power. Dunamis is power that produces its, this is a Holy Spirit, thank you so very much, that produces, produces, and the Holy Spirit produces this power. <clears throat> and then he, he says uh, in John 14 and 12, <clears throat> most assuredly I say to you, uh, who, who's, who'll read that? Somebody read that for me while I drink some water. Uh, Dan, read that for me. Now, when he, what he's talking, now, listen, he didn't say the, the elders, he didn't say the deacons, he didn't say the twelve, he didn't even say the seventy. He said, he who believeth in me. That, that's specifically saying all believers. He will give power to do these things. When you and I receive or have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, because this is done through the Spirit. Oh, Pastor, you're saying that people just say that's not received the baptism. They don't have any. No, they, I believe that God uses those people. I'm not sure they, that the person that's never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit is able to be able to do some of these things that I believe it's important that we receive the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The works of, now he's not saying there, listen to this. He's not saying that you and I or the church today or the then was going to do greater things than Jesus did. He meant greater in scope. 
That's, that's, if, you, if you really study that, that's what he means. So when you and I are asking God to manifest his spirit, he's telling us to show forth his power. I'm not talking about operating in the flesh. Now, I do believe it takes prayer. Listen at me. I do believe it takes fasting. Is the fasting the last, is it today? Tomorrow. Tomorrow. <clears throat> okay. Tomorrow's the last day. But I'm not seeing that rejoicing because it's been really, really great. It, it really has. I'm not saying it doesn't take fasting. I think it takes praying and fasting to get this old boy in shape to where God can use me. I don't think we have to pray the power down. I don't think we have to sing it down. I think he's already here. He is in us. I've got to get myself in the, in, 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 in the position. See, that's, that's the thing for prayer. We are positioning ourselves for the power of God to function in us. Wow. And I want us to stop asking God to do things that we already can do. I think one of the reasons that we don't see the great manifestation of the Spirit of God is because the church has become timid. We're reluctant. Look at... uh, Look at the first page, Joshua. You see where it says Joshua 3? Brother uh, Matt, would you read that? There's quite a bit of reading there, but will you read Joshua 3, 7, 8, 11, 17? Wow. If they had not put their feet in the water, the Jordan would never have parted. You see, God is asking us to do something we can't feel necessarily. And especially something we can't see. Someone says, Pastor, you're saying that the Lord is telling us to take a leap of faith. Mm -hmm. 
I'm not talking about blind faith. I'm talking about trusting in the promises of God, believing his word, and saying, Lord, I'm going to go forth and do what you have commissioned me to do. I, I, I love the study of laying on of hands. Laying on of hands. I think the touch is so important. And I went back all the way, of course, in the Old Testament and, and uh, even before Moses, they were supposed to put their hands uh, on the sacrifices and all kind of th- things then uh, under the law and with Moses. And, and then, you know, Jacob blessed his, his Abraham and the fathers and the, blessed their children and the grandchildren. They laid their hands on them. And then you go and you get into the New Testament and often I was surprised at how often Jesus laid his hands and touched people. There's something about it. Now, I, I'm not saying that we have got to lay hands on people for them to be healed. But I do believe it is a means. It is a vehicle to where people are healed. Even when Peter and John was going up to the gate beautiful and the, 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 the crippled man was there and, and he was healed... They didn't lay their hands on him, but Peter reached out his hands and touched him because he took him by the hand and picked him up. Often, often. But whatever it takes, whatever we need to do biblically, we need to do it. You know, Jesus was was, uh, Going through Jerusalem, the streets of Jerusalem, and the crowd was all around him. And we know the story of the woman that had the issue of blood. And she said, if I can but touch the hem of his garment, I'll be made whole. And so all of a sudden, Jesus stopped this, this crowd. And here's what he said. Who touched me? Who touched me? Well, the disciples were amazed that even he would ask that question because he said, listen... People are crowded all around you. People are touching you all the time. I mean, we, Jesus said, no, I felt power go out of me. That's where I'm getting that laying dead hands on dead heads. Because we've got to be anointed. We've got to pray and get old self out of the way. I do believe, listen, I don't think we can live any old way we want to live. Unsanctified and immoral. Lie. Do all the things that is contrary to the teaching of the word of God. And then go out there and do all the, you know. So I think we've got to have alive hands. And a live heart. A regenerated life for God to work through us. But I also believe that we have got to have people that will receive. Jesus felt power go out of him because a woman had faith and received what he was given. The second page, almost to the bottom of it, Acts 8, 17 They laid their hands on them and they what? If we're not careful, we don't receive. 
I believe we must pray by faith, believe God that's going to touch, but I also believe we got to receive by faith. It takes that, that, that connection. And I believe today that more people could receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit if they only believed and received by faith. We're looking for something to happen, you know, for the fireworks to go off. And, and believe me, receiving the baptism is wonderful. But we're not looking for the feeling. We're looking to trust God with his word to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And to receive healing. It's just like receiving salvation. I'll never forget when I first started pastoring. There was this this person that, that came to the church week after week after week after week. And every service, he would come to the altar. And back then, you just, now, you got to understand back then, you, you, you just preached hard. You prayed hard. You prayed loud. You, you know, sometimes you jerk people. I'm not saying you do that. That's not, that you don't have to do those things. You'd blood to their nose. We were in Goldsboro one time. Carol's daddy prayed for, uh, no, 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 no. Carol's, uh, Carol's, uh, Carol's half-brother, uh, Corbett Holder, he prayed for a guy. And, and when he prayed for him, he, he hit him. And he hit him right in the nose and blood just came gushing out of his nose. That'll stop an anointing right there. I mean, you know, you just... But, but I prayed with this. Now, don't get me wrong. Sometimes I, I, I think we're too sophisticated. I think we're, we're not loose enough. I'm not saying we need to do all that today. I'm, I'm not saying that at all. But I prayed with this man, and I prayed, and I cried. And I prayed, I sweat. I was going to tell you about uh, Brother Holder. He, 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 we didn't have air conditioning back then. He... he Sweated. He was a big man. He sweated so much until, and he always wore tie, until water would drip from his tie, not from his shirt, his tie. And when he walked, he had so much water in his shoes, it was slosh, slush, slash, whatever it does, you know. Uh, but you prayed back then. You, you just really poured your heart out to God. And I prayed with this man, and I prayed with this man, and I think it went on for several months. And I got to asking, what's wrong? If you're praying and believing and that person is supposed to be receiving, something is supposed to connect there. I mean, you, you take and put jumper wires to a battery and touch them, you, you get sparks. And when you touch God... Something is supposed to, that person is supposed to be delivered. Well, come to find out, and I found out way later, he was not even living right. He was living contrary to the word of God. So when something, now, I I believe we can struggle sometimes, and I'm not saying there's sin there. I'm not saying the person is living ungodly. But we need to check up and say, wait a minute here. Why isn't this happening? Because God, first of all, God's word is true. Let's believe the Lord. 
And so they, these people received, received the Holy Spirit. It's time for us to lay giving and anointed hands on receiving heads. People that is open to the Spirit of God. And don't tell me that God won't move today as he did with the early church. Make sense? Sure it does. Makes a lot of sense. So the manifestation of the Spirit of God, the gifts of the Spirit, is given to each and every one. Ask yourself. Pray about it. Believe God about it. Which one of these gifts? And 1 Corinthians is not the only book that lists the gifts. Romans lists some of the same gifts, but other gifts too. The manifestation of of the gift of wisdom, the word of wisdom is what the Bible says. Would you believe, would you say that we need the manifestation of wisdom today? We need wisdom. I'd like to introduce Washington to wisdom. I really would. We need wisdom. Men and women with wisdom. And then the gift of the word of what? Knowledge. We need to know what to do and how to do it. Wouldn't it be great if people knew what to do and how to do it? The gift of the word of wisdom, the gift of the word of knowledge, the gift of discerning, uh uh-oh, of spirits. Wow. I mean, these gifts were prevalent in the early church. This girl that was going around following Paul around said, oh, thou art a great person, da-da-da-da, and all these things. He took it so long, and he had the gift of the word. uh, He had the gift of discerning your spirits, and he turned and he cast that devil out of that. Out of that girl. Gift of the word of wisdom, gift of the word of knowledge, gift of the word of uh, discerning the spirits, the gift of healing. Now, every person here, can pray for people to be healed, and they'll be healed. If you'll have faith, and they'll have faith. But there's a special gift of healing that God wants the the church to experience today. There's a lot of people sick that need to be healed. And I believe that God wants to heal us. Does he heal everybody? No. No. But that's his choice. That's for him to decide. What we should do is pray, believe God, that God's going to heal them, and he will heal them. And if he chooses not to heal them, he'll take them home. But that's, again, let's not, let's not worry about that and decide about that. Or Roberts said, one news reporter asked him, what do you do when you pray for someone that's not healed? He said, I'll just, the next one, I'll just pray for them. And to be healed. He's going to grow out on and be and pray for him. The gift of healing, the gift of faith. Can I tell you something? I have, of all the gifts that's ever functioned in my life, the gift of faith is the most precious to me gift. Because all of us have faith. You wouldn't have sat in that pew tonight if you didn't have faith. All of us have faith. You wouldn't get on the airline the airplane if you didn't have faith that that pilot knew what he was doing but 
There is a gift of faith. And when the gift of faith operates in an individual's life, there is not one smidget of room for doubt. The gift of faith closes the door on doubt. I'll never forget praying for, and I think I've told you this before, I'll never forget praying for a man that was demon-possessed. And I was at his house. Me and another preacher were there. And we were praying for him and just simply praying that God would set him free. He had an alcoholic, demonic spirit and other things. And uh, I had no idea when I started praying for him what was going to happen. But when I started praying for him, this, this awful sounding voice came from him. It did not sound like him at all. I will not come out. You know, it's, it's real creepy. It's, it's demonic. At that moment, instantly, the gift of faith operated in my life. I would not take nothing for it. In fact, I have prayed for quite a few people some years ago. You don't see it much today. But that the gift of faith did not operate. And that person, when that demon started to exit his body, he, he began to throw up. He began to gag and he could not, he could hardly breathe. And, and, uh, was I afraid? Not one bit. Not one bit. And all of a sudden, boom, just, just instantly, that thing left him and he went, wow. He was laying down, but... His body was so stiff, and when, when that demon came out, he went limp, just, just like that. And he was totally free. So you got the gift of miracles, the gift of faith, and the gift, of, uh, I mean, healing, and the gift of faith, and then miracles. Would you believe, don't you believe we need some miracles today? Oh, God. God help us. I believe that God heals gradually. I believe that God heals by doctors and medical profession, the medical profession. But I also believe that God is a miracle working God. We prayed for a lady on Main Street. She had a cancer on her this big, on her arm. We laid our hands on her and prayed for her. In the bed that night, that cancer came off. She got up the next morning and it was laying in the bed. I laid my hands on a young man that had had warts all over him. Almost from his head to his feet. On his face, on his hands, on his body. And we laid our hands on that boy and it was no time for every Every one of those warts were totally and completely gone without a scar. See, I believe in a miracle working God. Now, I'd like to see it more today. I'm, I'm going to confess. I'd like to see it. And God's just the same today as he, as he was years ago. I got a hush. I didn't realize that I didn't run over my time almost. Or I got three minutes. Uh so we have the gift of the word of knowledge, gift of the word of wisdom, discerning the spirits, miracles, healing, 
uh, faith, and then we have tongues, interpretation of tongues, and prophecy. Let me say something about tongues. The church has got to where it's almost a shame. Now, I'm not talking about necessarily in public worship. In public worship. But the reason that people have such a hard time with understanding tongues is because what Paul was writing to the church at Corinth, because they were abusing the the use of the gifts, especially tongues, is, is the fact that there is a tongue, speaking in tongues, that is simply for the individual and for, and, and for intercessory prayer and for private worship. And there's nothing like it. And I've told you the story over and over again how that when, I, when they rolled me down the corridor of the hospital and I knew I had to have surgery for cancer, uh, I'd, I'd spoke in tongues, spoke in tongues. I never go to get my blood checked for my PSA that I don't speak in tongues. Now, they don't hear me. I don't don't disturb anybody. I love the fact that we privately can speak in tongues. It encourages me. It blesses me. But then there is a tongue, the gift of tongues. There is a tongue that is supposed to be spoken out if, if, if there's going to be an interpretation that's supposed to be spoken out in public for a certain period. And how many times has Paul said it's to be done? Two or what? Three at the most. So you have, and and then we have prophecy. God's anointed prophetic speaking forth. And we need that. We need that. And it's been given to us. I'm not saying that all of us or any of us probably have all the gifts. But I believe that every one of us have has a gift. And I, I, I saw in the spirit this week. Listen to this. And I'm going to close. I am going to close. I saw in the spirit this week several people in this church. That they have the anointing of God in their life. And all, the only thing that God is, 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 is waiting for. And God's waiting. Is for them to step forth in faith. And lay their hands on people's head. I'm talking about at an appropriate time. And see people healed. And see people blessed. For some people, that's the only way they're going to be able to be delivered from drugs and alcohol and all kind of bondages. It's for God to set them free. Let's, church, let's take advantage of the blessings and the gifts that God's given us. Let's stop asking God. Now, we may want to get ourselves right and align ourselves up. and Let's stop asking God to do things that he's already, he's already done for us. He's given us the gifts. Let me, let me, let me look at here. I was talking about laying empty hands on empty heads. Uh, or dead hands on dead heads. You're not a deadhead tonight, are you? Anybody a deadhead tonight? I hope not. First, Jude 1 and 12. These, look in the middle of the second page. These are spots 
and this is with uh, Lawrence Bradford. These are spots in your, this is a scripture, in your feast of charity, when they feast with you, feeding themselves without fear. Clouds, now here it is. Clouds they are without water, empty hands, empty heads. Cared about of winds, trees, whose fruit withereth. Without fruit, twice dead, plucked up by the roots. They're dead. So I'm not just calling you a deadhead or people deadheads. Jude calls them deadheads. And uh, these are spots in your feast of charity when they feast with you, feeding themselves without. We have Jude, this, this is the writer. We have Jude in his time is preaching about ministers. They are clouds. You can see them, but they got no water. They don't have anything. We have too many dead preachers preaching to too many dead congregations. He ain't talking about us, is he? He ain't talking about me. He ain't talking about you. We need to. We need to. Dead hands laying on dead heads, receiving dead results. Clouds. We need to be full of water. I don't want to be. Now I love this. Now listen. Listen what he says. I don't want to be the generation that passes a torch that has gone out. I don't want to be the one to pass on a torch that I let go out. What's the next generation going to be? What is the next generation going to be? I've mentioned several reasons why I believe that the, uh, I'll stop right there, why I believe that there's not the manifestation. Let me give you one more. I believe the lack of the manifestation of the Spirit of God is because the church today in America, we today in America have not come to our end. We don't need God. We don't need God. I mean, when we get desperate, when we see how desperate we really are and how much we need God and start crying out to him, I've never seen, I've never seen one person in all of my ministry, in all of my serving God, not just my ministry, but in all of my serving God, that when they called out, cried out to God in desperation, in faith, and got everything right here, that God did not answer their prayer. Don't tell me he won't do it. He will deliver and he'll set free. Thank you. You have been a very attentive congregation tonight. Father, we love you. We thank you for your blessings. We love you, Lord. I thank you for this church and for the membership. I thank you especially for the leadership in this church. And Father, I pray that Bethel would be a church where people could come and be delivered and set free. I pray, God, that more and more and more there, there will be people saved. And that we'll have numbers and numbers and numbers of people getting baptized, not just for numbers' sake, but because they have really died in, to themselves. And they are baptized in water. I pray, Father, that this church would be a place where people could come in from the outside and find refuge. May Bethel be a spiritual hospital where they can walk in and, and sense your very presence. I pray that our Sunday mornings would be more enhanced. God, let me pray that again. I pray that our Sunday mornings would be more enhanced. I thank you for a team that 
dedicates themselves and is, is committed sing the songs of Zion. And Lord, we, we have an order of service simply to go by. But Lord, if, if need be, we'll wad it up and put it in our pockets. And, and I mean that. God, I want to do what you want us to do. And I don't want to program you out. I want to, I want to make room for the manifestation of the Spirit of God. And I pray that you'd lead us as a church. Lord, most here are leaders in this church. They, they have a real burden for this church. And Lord, we pray together. We seek your face together. That the Holy Spirit might be manifested in this place. On Wednesday night and Sunday mornings. That Michael and Christy, the youth, and Angela and the children, God, may this church, may we experience the very power of your spirit. Lord, as the apostle Paul said, I didn't come to you with words of wisdom and knowledge of men, but I came to you in the power of the spirit of God. May that, that be what this church is. And Lord, if we have in any measure done anything to isolate you from the moving in this church, forgive us. Reveal to us, dear God, what you want us to do. That when people come on Sunday morning especially, that they'll go out of this church feeling complete, whole, rejoicing, fulfilled. And God, we just believe that. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. We've got about 10 minutes. Feel free to come and pray.